0: You are listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, Around Atlanta edition. Showcasing the best of Metro Atlanta, our communities, the attractions, and the special events that make Atlanta great. Welcome to our virtual town square. And now, here are today's hosts.
1: Good morning and welcome back to the Around Atlanta edition. I am your host, Todd Schneck, joined by my friend and colleague, Carol Morgan. Before we kick things off, we do want to thank New American Funding for being our 2021 show sponsor. Now our 10th year on the air. It has been wonderful having them as our friend and partner. All right, Carol Morgan, uh, this is going to be a neat lady, a neat conversation. I appreciate the important work that she's doing. This is going to be fun.
2: Well, I was very excited to find out about this organization because as all of our listeners know, and you know, Todd, I'm a big cat lover and a supporter of Rescue. And I guess what really I thought was special about this organization is the fact that they have a program with the working cat program where you can get cats for your warehouse or your barn or your facility to help you clean out your rodent program. So we'll talk more about that as we dive into it. But I'd like to welcome Lynn Fouracre. She's the CEO of Catvocate to the show. So welcome Lynn. And let's just jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Okay. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I am a Florida native but I moved to Georgia after living in several other states when I was 16. And I've been here ever since. I moved to Jackson County in 2005 when I got married. And I guess you could say I came in to rescue sort of in an unusual way. It's almost like as if I was led to it. I had a friend from junior high days in Salt Lake City, Utah, whom I had kept in touch with and who passed away in an unusual way in 2004 when i found out about it it was already too late to go back for the service so i was looking for a way to honor her and i knew that she had done rescue work in utah so i went to the utah humane society and donated in her memory and down in the corner i noticed a little uh, icon for a place called best friends and i clicked on it and it took me to best friends animal sanctuary in uh, Kanab, Utah. And w- the more I looked at it, the more fascinated I was. I immediately sponsored a couple of dogs and a couple of cats. And my husband-to-be and I were getting married the next year, and we, were, we knew we were going to be honeymooning out West. And so I said, how would you like to honeymoon a couple of days at Best Friends? And he was all for it. So we went, and it became a, a semi-annual thing after that. We went uh, spring and fall every year. And in 2007, I was in the cafeteria there and one of the founders from England, Michael Mountain, uh, recognized my husband and I as being volunteers on a fairly regular basis and remembered that we were from the South and was chatting. And he asked me, he said, so what do you do for the animals locally where you live? And I thought about it and I said, well, you know, <laughs> I'm not doing anything and, and I I guess I really need to look into that. So, my New Year's resolution for 2008 was to find some place that I could volunteer. And I had in mind going to a rescue or animal control facility and poop scooping and grooming and playing and, you know, that kind of things, working with shy animals. Mm -hmm. And when I started doing my research, I realized Jackson County didn't have an animal control. And the only rescue that I could locate was the Humane Society. So, I applied as a volunteer there and they, called me and said, how are you at photographs? And I said, I'm a fairly decent photographer. So I started photographing the dogs and cats that were brought to a local veterinary and trying to get information about them to judge their temperament, that sort of thing. And then I would pass that information on and they would attempt to find a doctor's for them. Long story short, I have been involved in rescue ever since then. And to a Far greater degree as I saw things that didn't seem to be working. So let's explore what the alternatives are and let's get more animals out there uh, rescued.
1: Yeah. What a great story. Well, as you come to know, Carol and I, you'll <laughs> realize that all three of us are kindred spirits because we're both very, very active uh, in uh, animal rescue. And uh, Carol, I don't know if you even know that that our foundation has evolved into doing some partnerships with our local zoo oh,
0: and excellent. the local
1: aquarium, uh, uh, Lincoln Park Zoo and the Shed, uh, to do some support of their rescue work. Uh, I'm talking sea lions and things, so it's been That's a cool, nice. lot of fun. So, uh, Lynn, thank you for your important work. Quickly, give us an overview uh, of the mission and purpose of of the Caffecut.
3: Caffecut is what we like to call a conduit rescue. We are not a traditional rescue where you take in the animals and then you adopt them out to the general public, with the exception of our barn cat program, which is a small part of our, our process. We are good at fundraising. We are good at evaluating and getting the animals vetted. And rather than try and adopt them out ourselves, which none of us have any experience with, we partner with a rescue in Fayetteville, Georgia called Rescue Cats. Uh, They're an excellent cat rescue. They've been in business for 22 years and we have worked with them well over the years. So when we formed Catvocat, it was a logical choice to work with them as our primary rescue. Our goal is to go into animal control and to evaluate all the cats and kittens. And the ones that we feel are adoptable, they get along with others, they get along with people, that sort of thing. We show to rescue cats and 99% of them she takes. So the others go into our barn cat program. And our mission is to try to reduce the cat euthanasia rate to the lowest possible denominator that we can. Unfortunately, the ones that fall by the wayside are still going to be the ferals. Mm-hmm. Jackson County does not have or condone, unfortunately, uh, TNR programs. So we have nowhere for the ferals to go, the truly ferals where people can't lay their hands on them. Because one of the provisos of our barn cat program is that you have to agree to take the animal to the vet if it becomes ill and take it to the vet if it you know when it needs its annual vaccines and things like that. If you can't touch the animal, if you can't pick it up and put it in a carrier to take it there, then you can't fulfill that part of it. Right. Thing. Yeah. So, that's our primary mission: is to save the animals that are either surrendered to or picked up by Jackson County Animal Control.
2: Yeah. What a fantastic mission. Well, let's dive into your various
3: programs and partners. So, talk a little bit about how you work with animal control. Let's just start there. We have a good relationship with animal control, as I mentioned i've been working with them more increasingly closely since two thousand and eight. They finally built a county shelter in February two thousand and seventeen. It opened, and the intake greatly increased because of course if you're if you're putting animals at a, a private veterinary. They don't have that much boarding available for the county to use and still maintain their own boarding. Right. So the numbers really zoomed as far as how many animals they could take in. It, it, there was also a, a benefit to that was that it became more widely known in the county where to go if you wanted to adopt an animal and preferred to go to a rescue rather than get one you know, at the Kroger parking lot or what have you. So we work with them, we coordinate with them when we know, for instance, we know that there's going to be some remodeling done sometime the second quarter of this year and not sure exactly when, but we're working with them and trying to make sure that we get animals out as quickly as possible so that they are not stuck with the dilemma of what do we do with these animals when they have to tear down the existing cat room and move it to another part of the building. When they knew that they were going to get the grant to do this, they actually came to both myself and our rescue vet and said, what would you like to see in the new facility? And a lot of the ideas that we have, they implemented, which we very much appreciate. So we, we work well with them. Uh, I'm over there on their public days, uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and occasionally Fridays to either pick up animals or look at animals. And we just we have a very good relationship with them.
1: Yeah, that's great. Good relationships with your partners is, is key, especially in this kind of work. Because
3: Well, in, so many people have the perception that animal control, it, they're the bad guys. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And they're not. The people that don't spay and neuter their animals and the people that abandon their animals and don't take them in as family. Right. Like, those are the bad guys. Well, no. right. I always nice. laugh. I'll have to throw this innocent aside. In the past, I've had
2: as many as 10 cats here, I have a 20-acre farm. I'm down to seven currently. But people are always like, well, don't you know how that happens? Don't you spay and neuter them? I'm like, they're all spayed and neutered. I know how this happens because I got them all from rescue. But, you know, it's funny that sometimes the perception is if you have a lot of cats that, you know, that they must all be, you know, feral or they must all be, you know, not fixed. So that's yeah, not the case yeah, either.
1: Yeah. Well, then you know, uh, finding a safe home environment is obviously an important component of the work here, but oftentimes when, you, uh, when we take in these animals, they're in rough shape and they need mm-hmm. a little bit of medical attention and some rehabilitation. So talk about some of your uh, focus there.
3: One of the reasons that we have uh, been successful over the years is we have always involved upfront vetting. Uh, mm-hmm. By vetting, I mean having our vet look at the animal and assess it as far as its age, its overall health condition, she will note for us any particular concerns, like maybe we need to do blood work on this one because I'm concerned about kidneys or this we've got a senior here, so we need to do senior blood work. And we deal with a lot of things, very typically upper respiratory infections are almost always rampant in societal colonies like an animal control unit coccidia is another thing that we run into constantly. So, those are things that we're used to worms, things like that. But we also get uh, cats that have broken limbs, that have um, skin conditions due to allergies, a lot of which can be remedied once they're in a stable environment and, and can't, can eat better quality food. So, we deal with a gamut. We've never let a condition or an injury keep us from rescuing a cat if it was an adoptable cat. We believe that somebody out there, and our rescue partner shares this belief, somebody out there has a home for that cat.
2: Think you need 20% down to become a homeowner? Think again. What if you could buy a home without a down payment? That's right. New American Funding understands that saving for a down payment can be difficult. They have competitive loan programs that can get you into a new home. Their 100% FHA financing loan program makes getting into a new home with no down payment possible. Let one of their home loan professionals pre-qualify you. Contact a new American Funding Loan Officer today to find out more about these niche loan programs and start your home ownership journey. For more information, call 678-898 3540. That's 678-898-3540. Eight, 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 three, well, talk a little bit about how you work with your rescue partners. I think your main one is rescue cats, but mm-hmm. you know, obviously you ID the cats and you take them to them, they pick them up, you know. How does it no, work? All of that. We
3: actually, I'll take a picture or do a video and give them the information about the cat and how it interacts with others. And she'll let me know immediately, yes, I want this this cat or this kitten. And we pull it from animal control. Then we take it to our vet who does all the necessary vetting. We quarantine at our vet uh, all the animals for at least two weeks before they go to rescue. The last thing we wanna do is spread some sort of contagious disease to another rescue. Right. And then my husband and I drive to Fayetteville, Georgia, or whatever rescue we're working with, but Fayetteville being our primary, and take the cats to them and see where they're going to be staying. And then she keeps us abreast as to how they're doing, whether they've been adopted. Sometimes she'll get adoption pictures and things like that. She'll tell us a little bit about the home environment to which they're going, which always makes us feel good. Right.
1: Well, Carol alluded to the Working Cats program. Uh, Lord knows I'm always trying to figure out how to get my two divas to earn their keep. (laughs) <laughs> uh, talk about, uh talk about that program and what that all involves. That sounds very intriguing.
3: Over the years, one of the frustrations has been that we would have cats that were very sweet cats to humans, but just did not tolerate other cats well. And it's hard to get a rescue, any rescue, to take those because most rescues use communal environment or they use a foster system. And I've yet to find a, a cat foster that didn't have cats of their own. Right. So they, they pretty much got to get along. We would advertise them as barn cats on our Facebook page. But at the time, we didn't have this particular program and they would have to go to animal control and pay $100 for the cat. And a lot of people are not willing to do that for a working cat. So we figured that if we went ahead and, and to, you know took care of the expenses, got the cat fully vetted, then we might have more interest. And we have, the problem has been just getting the word out there. So we have flyers that we've placed at uh, some local breweries, the feed and seed stores in the county. Anyone like uh, the Farm Bureau offices, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, trying to make people people more aware. And we're not opposed to going away from Jackson County. We actually have one barn cat in North Carolina, a fellow rescuer up Mm -hmm. there who, needed a barn cat and figured she'd help us out. And we've got four heading to a farm in Virginia that is owned by a local resident. I believe it's the first week in May. So we're willing to take them you know, to contiguous counties. If we drive to Fayetteville, we certainly don't mind driving to Calhoun or someplace like that to drop off a barn cat. They do have to fill out an application. It is, it is looked at by both ourselves and uh, rescue cats and uh, either approved or disapproved. And they do have to sign a contract specifying that they agree to care for this cat. I say, what a cat that was a resident in their own household inside.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, and, it, it's, it's funny what you say. You know, most of my, when I got up to 10 cats, it was because I was doing rescue with a group. And um, I was pulling cats out of uh, the Bartow County Animal Shelter, at Etowah <laughs> Valley. And, you know, I would foster all these cute little kittens and we'd get them healthy. But all of these, you know, what I'd call the pseudo adult or adult cats are so much harder to adopt out. And some of them just didn't do well with the stress of PetSmart and nobody would take them. And I kept, you know, Carol, you have a farm. Will you take this one too? <laughs> and that's how I got up to 10, you know, rescue cats. And they all... Pretty much got along. Um mm-hmm. you know, cats do really well in a barn, especially like my barn closes up completely at night. So they're mm-hmm. in and they're safe from coyotes and they're fed well and they get all their shots. And and it's frustrating to me because so many rescues won't adopt out a cat that's not going to be a hundred percent indoors. So I commend <laughs> you guys for having this option for these cats because you know,
3: they do quite well in an indoor outdoor environment. They do. The other thing we do is we have several very large cages or carriers, whatever you want to call them, that we provide for the adopter initially to keep as long as they feel it's necessary until the cat acclimates itself to the area, to them, to their animals. Right. Um, Because they've got to know where they live and where home is and where they're going to get fed. Right.
2: Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, talk about events. Do you have any events coming up this
3: year? Do you, you know, work with any of these different groups to help them with their events? We haven't yet, keeping in mind that Cappacut is just over a year old. So, And the pandemic uh, was right. something we had to deal with that we didn't expect when we formed it. But uh, we don't really do events. I know a lot of groups do fundraisers and that sort of thing. We do most of our fundraising on our off of our Facebook page. Oh, We've got a network of people that have followed us for literally years and who a lot of times end up becoming volunteers. In fact, I think all of our volunteers initially started out as people who pledged on our Facebook page for our animals and then decided they wanted to help us. And our volunteers aren't even, for the most part, local. We've got one in Texas. We have one in Virginia. We have one in Ohio. And then we have myself, my husband, and two ladies in commerce. So we sort of go nationwide when it comes to fundraising. So we haven't really done much fundraising locally. We do have an opportunity. One of our local business owners has offered to donate a unique piece of art for us to auction off to raise money. And since I know about as much about Auctioning off things as I do about adopting out animals, I'm going to have to talk with some folks that have done it more recently and see how to go about it and what's the most efficient method to do it. But right now uh, we have no events planned other than our day-to-day journeys to animal control. That's how
1: you got to do it. it. That's hand an hand event, combat, event in itself. I like to call it with uh, <laughs> fundraising. That's uh, and as we all know, fundraising in the animal rescue space is quite a competitive space. Uh, there's a lot of lot of wonderful organizations uh, doing important work. So it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a challenge to to raise those dollars, but uh, uh, what a worthy cause, Lynn, and, and uh, so grateful for your leadership on this on this movement and, and the work that you're doing. Before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you, ask any questions, or learn more about Catholicate, where do they go?
3: They can go to our website, which is www.catholicate.org, or they can email us at catholicate in Georgia, that's G-A, at gmail.com or they can give me a call at 770-540-9930.
1: Lynn Foraker, the CEO of Caffigate. Again, Lynn, thanks for joining us today and much appreciated uh, your important work. uh, Thank you
2: guys very much. You're very welcome. All right,
1: well, that wraps this week's Around Atlanta edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schnick. That's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you again right here next week. We'll see you then.
0: Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your favorite podcast app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio.